this time on Holy Ghost Notes. My life is like a total mess right now, so. <laughs> Guilty as charged. I'm on the righteous path. That's really my goal. Kansas City. I wasn't going to get into that. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to Holy Ghost Notes. My name is Mac Reiner and my co-host is Tim Anderson. Hey. I am currently on tour with August Burns Red in Kansas City on a day off. Thank you very much just Kansas first and City. foremost for listening to this podcast and uh, for following along and supporting us. Um, if it's your first time listening to us, we talk about uh, drums and we talk about faith or more profound issues. Um, today, our drum topic is drum goals. And um, our faith topic is idolatry. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're going to get into that in a bit. Uh, but Tim, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. I am fantastic. I, um, it's, it's really funny that... Uh, so I, I've been... <laughs> I, I feel like I've been on a roller coaster ride recently just with like with life there's so many different things going on and so many things that I'm thinking about you know whether it be work related or uh family related or uh church related (laughs) now that that's a thing again um or like house like you know like we've been looking my wife and I have been looking at like moving recently um Mm -hmm. with the way that the housing market is and um it's just I've been learning so much and uh, I, I sent you a text the other day, actually, with a song. Mm-hmm. And I think I posted this in our inner cir- circle group as well. Um, but, like, I was thinking about our last episode where my Bluetooth stopped working and I just decided to pray. And I was in this other instance where my Bluetooth actually was working. And I was like, let me take my own advice and I'm going to turn off the music and I'm just going to pray again. And so I was praying mm-hmm. and uh, similarly, you know, asking things <laughs> and getting answers uh to things and then i felt like prompted to put on worship music and i was like i actually said like out loud i was like god come on like i hate worship music do i really have to listen to worship music like i literally <laughs> turned the music off so that i could pray and now you're, now you're saying to put worship music on so anyway i just like typed on spotify like worship and it was like whatever 2021 mm-hmm. worship music i was like whatever give it a shot and uh right i was i was actually on my way to a really important um meeting with some really high level investors i was meeting a client there okay. to um try to talk to these investors about investing in this company and explaining our marketing efforts and you know uh, kind of what this company has going for them, more or less. Um, so it was a really big, high-level meeting with some important people, and um, I was just like, I'm just going to give this up to you, God. Like, you know, it was a Christian company, by the way. They're a Christian addiction recovery company that I work pretty heavily with. And um, the, uh, so first song that comes on is the song Waymaker, which I am very, very familiar with um, mm-hmm. by, uh, by big Leland. Song. And it, yeah, it's a great song. I'm sure everyone that goes to church knows what song it is. But so that came on first, and I was like, all right, you know, pretty good start for like what I'm praying for right now, like Waymaker, Miracle Worker. You know, I like that. Um, and then this other song came on that um, I've never heard before. And man, it just like it. If if I wasn't driving, it would have knocked me to my knees. Like 
Um, so it's this song by Brandon Lake called uh, House of Miracles. This is the first time I heard it. And um, if you've listened to our podcast before, you know that I'm not a huge worship music fan. Um, I kind of dislike worship music generally um, just because it's, it's the, I don't like the style. I don't like the the simplicity in a lot of cases of the the melodies and like the lyrics are all the same. And <laughs> anyway, I feel like I've been listening to the mm-hmm. same music my entire life, and it's worship worship mm-hmm. music just hasn't changed. So anyway, um, I heard this song, and I can't say it was like tremendous as far as the melody um, or or the lyrics, but man, in this moment, it just hit me so hard, and I probably listened to it six times during the course of that drive just over and over and over again and I was crying and praying and and then at some point I was like I should probably like stop because my eyes are going to be all puffy and red when I show up to this meeting (laughs) um (laughs) but uh yeah man like like things like this have just been happening and happening um you know as you guys know I was reluctant to to join a church again and and recently started going to a church uh, a church plant, which was the furthest thing from what I wanted in a church, and uh, mm-hmm. been going to this church every week. And um, you know, I said one thing. I was like, if I, if I'm gonna go to a church, like I don't want to lead worship. Um, every church I've ever mm-hmm. been been in, I usually get sucked into being on the on the worship team. And um, it's like I just don't want that. I just you know I want to be a spectator. I don't mind serving, but I don't want to be in any way up front in the spotlight I don't want anyone to know my face like I just want to kind of hang back and enjoy church again but anyway um right. I'm pretty sure I'm scheduled to, to lead worship um already <laughs> oh really <laughs> yeah uh, congratulations so everything yeah I don't know if that's something I should be congratulated for but um it's been <laughs> it's been a wild ride man it's just like um nothing going my way per se but um everything seems to be going uh in a good way I guess in God's way mm-hmm. um so uh, you know I'm getting pulled this way and that way and uh being uh you know, tear it apart emotionally <laughs> and on certain mm-hmm. days. And what do you, you mean know. when you say that things aren't going your way? My way, as far as what I had planned, you know, like okay. I put a plan in place and this is like, all right, like if I'm going to go back into church, I am not going to lead worship. I am not going to get involved. Oh, I see. I don't want to mm-hmm. know the pastor. I don't want to be on the leadership team. I don't, I just want to go to church. I want there to be a really good kids program for my kids. You know, I want them to be established. Right. I want the production value to be high. I want to go to like, you know, that was like my mm-hmm. list of things. And here's a church plant. I think my son was the only kid in Sunday school last week. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I am, uh, in direct communication with the pastor on a regular basis. Uh, I've been asked to be on the worship team already. <laughs> That's pretty <laughs> funny. Like, you know, nothing is going funny. my way on the church front. You know, but you know what? Listening that to worship sounds music again, like, like, geez, like, what's going on? That sounds like church to me. Yeah. You know, I think I think some of the bigger churches, at least in Lancaster County, have been challenged by the idea of making it at church, and that mm-hmm. you have to have um, people that are committed to being in relationship with one another. And yeah. I think that's the whole drive to create and develop and nurture connect groups and Bible studies and that's home right. groups because 
it for people to walk in and out of church and not be noticed to your point it's it's comfortable it's <laughs> yeah. like you don't really have to open up and you don't have to be vulnerable um but in a sense you know that's that is not the biblical um outline of what church is and yep. in westernized civilization it's like we've created this um culture and church where you can just get in and get out and you don't mm-hmm. have to give your time and serve and sacrifice and and you know offer your skills in your case by leading worship which is a responsibility it's a commitment of time mm-hmm. it's uncomfortable at times it's not fun at times i mean yeah. you're going to be you don't really like worship music now you're going to be singing it you know <laughs> exactly. and 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 that that is to me that's it's really cool to hear actually that you can acknowledge on one hand that your plan isn't working out, which was to get in and out of church, um, which isn't really church. Mm-hmm. But instead, what's happening is you're going to a church and now you're involved in a way where you, you, you're actually experiencing what, what church can and, and should be. Um, yeah. which is which is you engaging with other people that you don't really know on a deep level. <laughs> exactly. And that's not always fun. I mean that that's kind of what I hear you saying. Like, yeah. and, and I, I think it's 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 neat to see that in you because I know it's been it's been challenging yeah. for you and your wife to get back to that place where in a sense you're you're trusting the church with your um, with with one of the deepest levels of of who you are and your That's family right. and, and now your kids, you mm-hmm. know. I think where that list that I put together came from was from a place of of hurt and pain, and it was just like, right. what can I do to, you know, have a a taste of church again, but without the risk factor, without any right actual surrender of myself without any real challenge, you know, just go and play church was really what I was asking for. And, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, every, I've been convicted on every level, uh, of so many different things. Um, even just like, like what I want, I, I talk all the time about what church was and is supposed to be biblically speaking, where it was just a room, you know, uh, Paul, never had a mega church. Paul was going around and, and having Bible studies in people's houses in the upper room, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> like whatever. And, uh, and, and here, you know, I was looking for this, not that mega churches are necessarily fake church. Um, but I was looking for this, uh, you know, picture of production and, um, you know, simplicity that, wasn't really simplicity was actually <laughs> extra um, so that it was easier mm-hmm. for me um, right. really what i got was just, just slide simple, in and slide out yeah i just got simple church i mean that's literally one of their their mm-hmm. values as a church is like simplicity um you know mm-hmm. so uh yeah i didn't get what i wanted but i got what i needed i think and mm-hmm. um i'm still continuing to get what i need <laughs> if that makes sense mm-hmm. i'm like uh constantly being convicted and um, realizing just te- like tendencies and things that I built up over time uh, because of pain, like scar tissue really is just being like mm-hmm. removed and it's, and it, mm-hmm. it's painful and it's uncomfortable and it's good. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. it's like good, <laughs> but mm-hmm. it doesn't feel good, you know? 
But anyway, right. yeah, enough about sounds me. Very, yeah. <laughs> that sounds very biblical. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. the Bible talks a lot <laughs> about how in order for something to grow, it has to be pruned and trimmed mm-hmm. back. It has to be hammered. You know, the Bible talks yeah. about the hammering process and uh, all of these things. I, I, I think that that even points to like the idea of marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think about people who are um, single and maybe even single for most of their life or all of their life. And, you know, you, you think to yourself, boy, the freedom that that person has to do whatever they want. And then you think when someone's mashed up with someone else in a house and they're having to live in a civilized way with someone else under the same roof, what, what kind of freedom are you losing? But in a sense, I think that freedom is really found in someone else seeing your faults Mm. and someone else discovering who you really are and you feeling like you're understood by somebody else as uncomfortable and transparent as you have to be and that that's that's an image of the church too it's like people that are in communion with one another um, and instead of being married to each other you're the bible talks about um you know this idea of us being the bride of mm-hmm. Christ, you know, yeah. and Jesus being the one who's pointing out, first of all, how much he loves us and accepts us and cares about us, but also all of the the sin in our lives that is hurting us and hurts him. Yeah. And so the church is there as an institution, just an institution, um, not as a perfect model of Jesus. That's right. It's, it's there to serve as like a way to bring us together in a way that 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 shows our faults mm-hmm. i was talking last night to um to an a and r rep at solid state tooth and nail his name is adam scatula he lives in denver now seattle okay. um tooth and nail solid state's from seattle but he lives in denver yeah. works remotely and and we're actually talking about this very thing there's there's a pastor named mark driscoll he mm-hmm. pastored a church called mars hill in washington and he was telling me that <laughs> for a time um the uh, podcast was recently produced by christian Christianity Today, I think, yep. yeah, is what he said, and, and it was like the, the rise was like and fall in the of top, Mars Hill, right? That he mm-hmm. was telling me about that last night. Yeah, I started like listening to the, it. Yeah. It, it. Yeah, he's like it was in like the the top three podcasts in the nation for a while. Like it still might be. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was he was making the point that for whatever reason, when something bad happens in the church, there are those of us who throw away the whole idea of Jesus. That's right. And how it's it's confusing to him, though he understands it, it's confusing because Jesus still did what he did. He, mm-hmm. he still gave his life. He still rose from the dead. He still loves you. Mm-hmm. And there are those of us with the, the rise and fall of Mars Hill that say, oh, I want nothing to do with Jesus because of this thing that happened or the thing that happened with Robbie yeah. or the thing that happened with Carl Lentz and Hillsong. And um, I think personally that this will bring clarity to what the church should be, how it can improve and should improve. Yeah. But it's going to require you, it's going to require me with past hurts to not just talk about it in a way that's skeptical and critical, but to offer solutions by being there. Yeah. Right? right. And engaging in the church yeah. and giving ourselves and giving mm-hmm. our time and really opening ourselves up. That's it's right. really easy to be critical, really easy to be critical of, of the church. And, and we've definitely done our fair, fair share of that, which, <laughs> yeah. which is, 
which is important. Like that's kind it of is. our lane, you know, yeah. it needs to happen. But alongside of that, there has to be action beyond mm-hmm. just a discussion. You know, right. there, there has to be a giving of oneself to the greater good. That's right. And I, that's why I'm, I'm pumped to see you, you know, in a place where you're getting back into that. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's, that looks like growth to me. Like, yes, that's, yeah. that's a, that's a big deal. It's definitely, yeah. If there's one thing I've I've really learned and taken to heart, it's just that like at every stage of life, it's really easy to to feel like like you've come a long way and now you you finally get it. You know, like I felt mm-hmm. like when I got out of church that like, oh, I get it. I have this outside perspective. I'm not going anymore. Now I see it for what it is and I'm on the righteous path because I'm yeah I'm beyond it now I'm past it you know but I'm now I'm realizing right. all of the things that I built up that were negative um over the course of time of like judging the church not that we shouldn't judge the church but like you know just um you know wrong ideals and and like like I said like I was looking for this you know, perfect little pretty on the outside church, but like, why? Mm-hmm. Like, was I actually going to be? What was it? Would I find any growth there? No, probably yeah. not, because it's surface level. You know, and that's not mm-hmm. what I'm about. As you guys know, like, I'm not about surface level church. Like, I want something real. And and in order to find something real and 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 to actually grow, you have to open yourself up. And I'm still pretty guarded. I would say, like, every Sunday, mm-hmm. I you know. I'm coming with, uh, with, with, I don't know how to describe it. I, you know, I have guards up basically. I, I'm very protected, protective of myself and letting people in. And, and, um, and I guess that's in some ways a character flaw <laughs> from being hurt. Uh, it's, it's understandable <laughs> and not something that like, I'm not going to judge you for, for being that way. So I'm not, you know, in that way, I'm not going to judge myself for feeling that way. It makes sense. Um, but, uh, but yeah, overall it, it's been really good and I've learned a lot and, and conviction isn't something that I view negatively anymore because it really, for me recently has just been, uh, like things clicking in my head. It's like, okay, well that makes sense yeah. now that, you know, I'm like, <laughs> it's like I'm going to therapy and like all of a sudden, like my eyes are open to, to myself, uh-huh. you know, and it's, um, it's been really cool. It's been really cool. Yeah. So good. It's awesome. All right, well, let's, uh, let's hop into drum topic here, shall yeah, we? let's do it. All right, so drum topic today is drum goals. Yes. I came up with this one. Um, I, was, I was thinking about preparing for this tour. We're currently on the Leveler 10-year anniversary tour. So when I recorded Leveler uh, 11 years ago, I was 24. And you don't record a record thinking you're going to do a 10-year anniversary tour on that album. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so here we are, you know, all these years later, and yeah. I'm playing these songs every night. And um, I had a conversation with someone before this tour, and they're like, man, it must be so easy to play songs that you recorded 11 years ago. Like, you could play them back then. Imagine how much better you are now. And and there is some truth to that. But um, like I said, when you record an album, you don't think you're going to be doing a 10-year anniversary tour for it. And certainly in the vein of what an anniversary tour is, you're playing every song on the album back-to-back. So when you record an album, you're just recording individual songs, then you take your break, and then you move on to the next one. In this case, we're doing the whole thing 
plus a solo plus an encore it's like a 78 minute show Mm -hmm. so uh there's a level of stamina there and there's a level of just like mental acuity knowing that you're going into this sharp and able to keep track of all the parts and all the breakdowns it's not bite-sized pieces it's like a big pie all at once right so i was thinking about you know if you could look ahead a year or five years or 10 years where would you want to be and Mm. some of this comes from the idea of the fact based on the fact that we're all getting older we've talked Mm -hmm. about that as a band quite a bit on this tour i'm i'm 35 i'll be 36 in 10 days october 28th by the time this comes out um it'll be three days from the day this episode drops so 36 years old right so then you start to fast forward like can i play this style of music when I'm 40? What about 45? What about 50? Mm. And it's not something you really give a a whole lot of thought when you're in your teenage years or when you're in your 20s. You just sort of have this idea that this is something you do. And yeah, I'm not really sure where I'll be when I'm 30 or 40, um, but when you are in your 30s and you're creeping up on 40, it's something I've been thinking about. Double bass is pretty challenging. Uh, it's something that you constantly have to be working at so that you don't have any rust um, <laughs> filling in the gaps. It's almost like we've talked about this a little bit with uh, farming. Uh, a farming analogy would be that nature abhors space. So when there's a part of the field that's not planted with corn or soybeans, the area that's not planted with something productive that you want to be there will be taken up by something that you don't want right and in this case with drumming it's like i feel like if i don't maintain what i have the areas in my drumming that i'm not working on will just be taken over by rust and um and and just the inability to play well yeah and so you think about getting older and you think about where you want to be um in a year five years and ten years and uh, I know that there are those listening who are younger than me. I know that there are those listening who are older than me. And so you'll be able to build context for this in your own way based on how old you are. But I want you to think about where you were in your life when you started playing drums. Okay. So I, I have to go back 20 years. 20 years. I was 15. I got a snare drum. My dad said, stick with it for a year, learn wipeout, and then I'll let you buy a drum set. You've been into a lot of different things. I'm not sure drums are going to stick. You've done motocross, BMX, skateboarding. This is an expensive and he was probably thinking without saying it, annoying instrument, <laughs> yeah. um, which I would agree. If, 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 if you're trying to get stuff done <laughs> around the outside, house and yeah. your kid's banging around, <laughs> banging around in the basement. Yeah. And so um, I got a drum set and my my goal was very short term it was like i just want to get good at double bass and i want to write breakdowns with my metal band and play shows on the weekend right and then you fast forward a little bit and i was on tour with bury your dead terror and scars of tomorrow on a nationwide tour and the drummer of bury your dead um told me i I remember this clear as day we were in a gym and he told me dude you're 21 he goes just imagine where you'll be when you're 25, like four years. And I'm like, dude, four years. Like I have so much time. And you're thinking in terms of like practicing. I have so much time to practice at home when no one's watching. Like I don't like to practice and get better and work things out in front of other people. So Mm -hmm. my, 
my my thought is when someone says just imagine where you can be i'm thinking four years that's a lot of time at home to work and develop and get better at this instrument and then all of a sudden i'm i'm 25 i'm 26 and i'm like have i gotten better i feel like in some ways i've gotten worse Hmm. okay i'm gonna just keep practicing keep practicing just wait till i'm 30 yeah and then 30 creeps around and you're like you know when i was 30 i actually feel like that was a time in my drumming where i went back a couple steps um you're not going to hear it on a record because most of it's beat detected you're not going to really hear it live because i've had a lot of time to practice the songs but i just wasn't as excited about drumming in that Hmm. time of my life and so i wasn't spending as you know as much time with it and then on this tour uh leading up to this tour um having so much time off i was able to practice a lot over the last 18 months yeah and i I practiced this tim i practiced this set for like five months like we did the re-record so i had to relearn all the songs Mm -hmm. that i didn't know that's right right? empire through leveler and then we recorded and it went so well because i had everything dialed in i recorded drums in like four days which it usually takes me like eight to do Mm. you know 11 songs and i like flew through them and i felt good and um you know carson and grant were like this is amazing like this is a great session felt good about myself practiced a lot leading up to the tour knew everything in and out i practiced to just a click track i got so bored with the show (laughs) that i would put in my ultimate ears bluetooth headphones so i didn't have to have my computer next to me i had my computer in front of me on a stand Mm -hmm. and i would have like hulu on and i'd watch a movie (laughs) and and so the only thing i was listening to from the show side was the click yeah so i'd hear like empire beep 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 five six seven eight dun 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 meanwhile just hearing click i'm playing the song and i'm watching you know the hangover (laughs) 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 because like the set became just kind of boring like i needed to have fun with it or else i wasn't really going to practice it but i wanted to practice it every day so then we left for tour i saw you in philly Mm-hmm. And um, I got off stage and I had a text message from our front of house guy, Chris Pollock. And Chris Pollock is very, very good at what he does. And he's yeah. also a straight shooter. He had texted me during the show from front of house. And he had said, best you've ever played. Wow. Best you've ever played. Four words. Man, that's like hearing from your dad that he's proud of you. Yeah. Or hearing from your mom that she loves you Mm -hmm. or knowing that Jesus gave it all just for you and having this deep sense of, um, you know, love, like new understanding of that fact. Like it was, it, it, it hit home and, and, and in a way I'll, I'll never forget opening my phone backstage and seeing (laughs) best you've ever played four words, man. And so I thought to myself, like, I practiced a long time for this show and those four words gave me the reward that I needed. Mm-hmm. You know, that was it. That's, that's what I needed. Yeah. But it didn't, I wouldn't have heard that if I hadn't spent the last six months leading up to that, that destination, the, the, you know, the tour, like the deadline working for it. We've mm-hmm. talked about this a lot on this podcast. For me, I need a pressure point. I need a deadline. I need right. an end game. Like I, I need to know that something is upcoming 
so that I can work towards that thing. If I didn't have August Burns Red, I don't think that I would be drumming as much, certainly not as much, but I wouldn't be at the level that I am playing at and I wouldn't be as driven to get better and better and better because I have this constant pressure point of an upcoming tour or an upcoming record or an upcoming uh, clinic. And so what, what I want those of you listening to think about and maybe even write down is, or rather are, what are your pressure points? What mm-hmm. are those goals or what are those deadlines? Almost like you have to submit your 10 page paper, right? You're not gonna wanna wait till the last minute unless you're someone who's really good at procrastinating and you can just pull it together. In most cases, you're gonna need time. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have anything for a year from now or five years from now or 10 years from now, I would encourage and challenge you to think about what those things might be. Because if you have those in mind, you're going to be working towards them instead of just lethargically, aimlessly sort of floating along in your drumming without any real payoff in mind. Right. What are those four words that you want to hear? You know, for me to get that text message from Chris was was what I wanted. It's what I needed and it's what I had worked towards. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I'm actually, now that we're talking about this, reminded that we actually hit on goals in the past at yeah. one of our episodes. Um, but the reason I'm reminded of it is because um, I have a very methodical way of setting goals for myself. And it's, you know, I set, um, I pretty much set two goals. I set a, uh, a realistic goal and a stretch goal with everything that I do, not just drumming. I, I set it for work. <laughs> I have a, I have an agenda every day. This is what I know I need to get done. This is what I'd like to get done. This is what I probably won't get done, but I'm going <laughs> to, I'm certainly going to try, <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. And I, and I don't get, I, I, uh, get really critical of myself if I don't get done what I need to get done. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't get as critical of myself if I don't get done what I know I probably couldn't actually get Which done. Which would be anyway. the stretch goals. The stretch goals, The things exactly. that you're not sure you're going to get done. Okay. Right, right. So in drumming, for me, like a realistic goal at this point in my life which is completely different from a lot of you and, and you, of course, Matt. Um, but a, a realistic goal for me is get on the kit, play drums. That's great. Even once a day, uh, even even a few times a week. <laughs> it's, a, it's a realistic goal. I, I can do that. Uh, a stretch goal would be, um, you know, record uh, record a session uh, every week. I you know I um, I have a couple profiles on on session. Um, websites and I'll get requests and most of the time it's like hey we need this in 24 hours and I'm just like I'm mm. sorry like I've got a full-time <laughs> job and two kids and I just can't I can't get this to you in 24 hours like I need time to listen to the song learn the song write to it record uh-huh. it mix it get it to you you know like that takes time 24 hours if I was you know single and by myself would be aggressive yeah you would um, think that they could give you more time than that yeah i mean, that's... Yeah, I mean some t- <laughs> even sometimes it's like a three or four day turnaround and i just look at my meeting schedule and i'm just like guys like i can't do this i've got like three hours this week that i can devote to drumming um yeah sorry can't do it um so i, I miss out on a lot of sessions because of that but that's okay because my goal isn't to like record uh, a session every week um is it to you know to write a song write a few songs over the course of the next few months yeah um definitely to uh to you know release a drum video every couple weeks on instagram 
where I, that I feel good about. Yeah, definitely. You know, yeah. <laughs> but that's like a stretch goal. You know, um, yeah. can I get it? I don't know. Uh, will it be awesome if I do? Yeah, I'll feel that much better about myself. You know, right. Um, for me, as far as like like what we had talked about before this, you know, before recording this episode, was like, oh, your what's your one year goal? What's your five year goal? What's your ten year goal? You know, for me, um, I've been talking to a lot of people who have older kids recently and are musicians, and they're just like, dude, hang in there. It gets mm-hmm. easier. Like once your kids get a little older, you'll have more time than you think you do to 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 play music. Um, so that's been a real encouragement for me because that then it's like, okay, well, my five-year goal is going to be very different than my one-year goal. Mm, my one-year true. goal is going to is not going to be too much different from what it is right now. You know, I'm going to be lucky if I can get on the kit a few times a week. Um, right. That's, a real, that's realistic. Um, but in five years, maybe I will be recording those sessions every week. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know or who knows what, you know. That's um, true, because your kids will be like 10 and mm-hmm. 6, Right. Yeah, I mean, and and t- yeah, exactly. Um, wow, that's gonna look a lot different for you. It's, in five it's gonna years. look a lot different in five years. Um, I mean, I'll probably have another kid on top of that, but you know, but right. in five years, it, it still could be drastically different. You know, I could have, uh, you know, kids old enough to look after my other kids and be like, hey guys, I'm heading downstairs. I'll be on the kit for a couple hours. <laughs> yeah. Food's in the fridge if you need it. Like, you know, right. I can't do that right now. <laughs> my four-year-old just got to the point where like, if I'm in bed with the baby and he wakes up, it's like, all right, go down, put a show on, get some breakfast for yourself. I'll be down soon. You know, uh-huh. we're there now. But, yeah. uh, you know, it's like, it took a long time to get there. <laughs> but in five time. years, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll be there again, you know? So, um, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it, I've been thinking a lot about this, and, and obviously, um, I've said this in the past, but like for me, is like there's a lot of fulfillment for me in being productive in music, in any form of music. So mm-hmm. it doesn't always look like getting on the kit for me, as long as I can pick up the guitar and play. And I'm realizing now that like if um if I have a goal, which in this case I'm supposed to lead worship for this church. Um, that means I have to um, learn a few songs, put together a set list, and uh, practice the hell out of it mm-hmm. <laughs> in order to be ready for this uh, this church service that I have to lead in a couple weeks, you know? Um, yeah. And so I have a goal, and so that means I'm going to be picking up the guitar because I have to. Um, right. And at first it might feel like a chore, like, oh, shoot, I have to get, I have to get ready for this set. But um, at the end of the day, it's going to be like, I played guitar for a while today. That, that yeah. felt good, you know? That felt really good. Um, right. So that's, I, I don't know if that just confuses everything that you said so eloquently, but <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's kind of my take um, because my life is like a total mess right now. So. <laughs> yeah, well, no, that speaks to it in a big way. I mean, my, my, um, my life is much different than yours. Yeah. It's so different from you. My, my life's different from a lot of people's. I'm on tour with my band. Been on tour for mm-hmm. six weeks. I'm responsible for one thing, and that's playing uh, drums well for 78 minutes every night, right? Yeah. And so my life is really constructed around that. Now, that gives me a lot of freedom to do other things, but I don't have kids. And when I do, um, I've thought about that, too, because it's like, my yeah what's your 10-year goal man <laughs> right my time is divided <laughs> i wasn't gonna get into that 
10 year anniversary of yeah 10 year anniversary of guardians probably isn't the thing you're thinking about anymore <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i honestly i i would um i was talking about this with adam too last night this can be our segue into our faith topic um off topic but our faith topic which is i've i've done this one thing for 18 years august burns red Mm -hmm. and it has been awesome but so much of me doing august burns red is about what i'm doing and i'm excited a part of me has changed in that i'm excited to champion something else and by that i mean someone else i'm excited to um you know to, to start a family um because I don't want to look back when I'm 80 and think I just did one thing my whole life. Yeah. And that one thing really, though, though it was, it was fun for our fans and it, you know, it's been really helpful and it's been beneficial to a lot of people, you know, the lyrics or, or, you know, just the relief and the escape from normal life or whether it's the, the spiritual aspect, but, but, but ultimately it's, it's me putting energy into something that, is mine and I'm excited to direct my energy at least some portion of it to yeah to a family that I'm that I'm a part of um yeah. you know kids and a wife and and I I haven't really felt that strongly about that um I I felt that a, a sense of that or a nuance of that over the years but I I really feel like God's putting that desire in me and so I I know that he's going to give me what I need to continue playing drums at a high level and give me the time to do so the the grace from other people to to give me that knowing that it's my job yeah. you know uh, but also it's something that I need for myself otherwise I get cranky yeah. uh, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> uh, so I what would make me very happy in 10 years well start what would make me upset in 10 years is if all that I've accomplished is that I've gotten better at drums. Mm. What would make me ecstatic on the other hand is if I've uh, started a family and I have a kid or a couple kids and I'm still playing drums. Yeah. I would rather have that than be the number one dude in metal. Um, mm -hmm. You know, Tom Brady has the ability to be the goat and it's impressive to me that he has a family um, mm -hmm. because his mentality seems to be that it's, it's, he's all in on this one thing, but he somehow is able to maintain a balance. Uh, I'm sure his, his wife and his family have luxuries that, that you and I will never experience. And so yeah. it makes their life say, easier. The millions of dollars probably helps a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Just get a nanny and a cleaning lady and everything else you could ever want. Get a couple of them. Um, yeah. but still, I mean, he still has an iPhone with, uh, pe with people that he's, that he's texting and calling back. He still has relationships. Mm -hmm. He still has right. a life that he has to, that he's going to feel the need to, um, to keep intact, you know? And when yeah. your relationships are frayed and falling apart, I would imagine his football career would be impacted by that. 
And sure. so I would assume that his relationships are pretty, pretty strong um, yeah. and that he's taking care of that aspect. So that's really my goal is to do both. Um, but one without the other is, is incomplete to me. Mm-hmm. And um, so we'll see. I mean, I'm 35, I'll be 36 and, you know, 10 days here and 10 years from now, I'm 46. If I can still play double bass at 200 BPM, that'd be amazing. <laughs> I struggle with it now. Who knows? You know, maybe I'll yeah. get better at it. Maybe it's just kiss goodbye. Leave it to the, uh, you know, the death metal guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure. Regardless, you know, ten years is a long time. Things could manifest themselves differently, as you would, you know, like to see. Of course. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, Tom Brady was actually exactly who I was thinking about when you started talking because uh, he's a guy who a lot of his peers and and people who have who were drafted you know, the same year have retired at this point. Right, for sure. He's still playing uh, just as well, if not better than a lot of the star quarterbacks that are out there. And, you know, I know a little bit about him as far as, you know, how well he takes care of himself, how well he eats. You know, he trains hard. He is very focused. Um, His mind is 100%. His physique is 100%. um, Mm -hmm. You know, uh, so that says a lot. And I think... Uh, you're like that in a lot of ways too. Like you, you take care of yourself and, and you practice, you know, so I wouldn't be surprised if you could do all this in 10 years, um, Uh based on your trajectory. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I think it, it says a lot about you and, and where, you, you know, how you've matured over time to, to see that like, okay, drums isn't everything. Mm hmm. It's it's awesome and, it, and it's who I am, but it's not everything. And that's yeah, agreed. You know, that's a good way to put good. it. That's that's a really good way to end that. So um, I hope you guys enjoyed that episode uh, or that part of this episode, the drum topic. Um, we mm-hmm. have about twelve minutes left, and Tim and I um, are <laughs> a tough going, topic to cover. <laughs> are going to hit this idolatry <laughs> topic in just twelve minutes. So yeah, yeah. we'll see. B- buckle we'll see up. If it happens. We might go over a little bit, but I'm gonna try. All right, so. Let's get right into it. Um, I've, I've been thinking about this topic, actually, funny enough, because of uh, the rise and fall of Mars Hill podcast. Oh, really? Um, okay. Interesting. Yeah, and I, I, and I don't that. want to, yeah, I don't, I don't want to talk about uh, Mark Driscoll specifically, but I, I do want to talk about, so growing up, I, I feel privileged to have been able to understand or been taught what idolatry is a lot of people don't understand what idolatry is they see it as oh it's you know don't have a little statue of buddha in your house or like don't you know worship a golden statue like you know that is idolatry yeah it's you know it's not wrong (laughs) but idolatry is much bigger than that and um i've been really privileged I, i would say to understand that idolatry can be literally anything that you put uh, first in your life mm-hmm. that, that isn't God, you know? It's, it's ultimately having your priorities all messed up, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Um, and what I want to talk about specifically, um, because, I mean, idolatry is actually a pretty rudimentary topic in Christianity, at least. Um, what I want to talk about specifically is the, the slippery slope um, to uh, idolizing people in particular, um, pastors. Uh, you know, so a couple weeks ago, my pastor was talking about uh, a couple different 
scenarios. Um, and he mentioned um, someone who I have a lot of respect for, and his name's Francis Chan. And, and Francis Chan, for those of you that don't know him, um, started a church um, that grew to be a, a mega church, really. He, he became a traveling uh, speaker and very successful author. Um, and then he dropped off the face of the earth. And I had no idea what happened to him. No one really did. Um, I just found out a couple weeks ago what happened to this guy. Hmm. He, uh, he built this church and was realizing that he was hearing his name, Francis Chan, Francis Chan, Francis Chan, more than he was hearing the name the Holy Spirit. He was hearing his name more than the Holy Spirit. And he was like, there's a problem here. Hmm. I have become an idol to these people. I have become the, the person that these people want to please as opposed to God. Yeah. I am the person that these people are praising mm-hmm. as opposed to God. And so he left his church and his riches and went to uh, a completely different country and just started planting churches. Hmm. And, you know, it would be like small little Bible study churches and then he'd get them established and move on to the next. And so this is what he's been doing this whole time, completely no dropped kidding. off the face of the planet. No one knows. Like, like what? it's not, he doesn't advertise it because he doesn't want it to be advertised. Yeah, he's exactly. just going and doing this thing. And man, I had respect for him before, but I had this whole new level of, of respect for him. Just, you know, and, and again, I, I was a fan of Mark Driscoll. Yeah, I still am. Same, same. Um, listening to, listening to the podcast was, was difficult because they do have clips of him saying certain things. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. it was really hard to hear some of that. Um, but what it really does, what it really um, showed me is just the, the toxicity within celebrity church culture that we yep. have. Um, you know, when, when your focus, um, as a Christian or as a, as a church leader or as a, as a church member is growing your church just for the sake of having more people there or having more people tithing or being able to buy that really fancy light rig for your stage or, you know, like if, if your goals become growing your church instead Mm -hmm. of growing the church. Mm-hmm. There's a serious problem there. And so in the heart of being critical of the church, I think this is something that we really need to talk about because it is so easy to to turn something into an idol. It is so easy. And I found I found this in my in myself. Um, even like if you look at in the Bible, uh, when Moses went up the mountain to uh, to ask God what the commandments were. <laughs> Actually, oddly enough, this is a, it's such a silly story, actually, when I've read it back recently. Um, like, why would you ask God for, for commandments? It's just very strange. But uh, <laughs> Moses goes up the mountain um, to get the commandments. Uh, and I guess he was up there for a really long time because his brother Aaron, uh, they, Aaron became the leader of the Is- Israelite tribe. And they're like, well, I guess... I guess he's gone. I guess he's not coming back. And they constri- they pooled all of their jewelry, all their gold. They melted it and built up a, an idol. Within the time that Moses went up to find, to get <laughs> commandments from God. And this is just, I never thought about this this way. But it's just like, they so quickly were searching for something physical mm-hmm. to worship. 
to to idolize and and this happens in church culture so much mm-hmm. and and sometimes it's the worship leader sometimes it's the past oftentimes it's the pastor uh sometimes it's just straight up f- like church fame you know getting your church brand being the biggest church ever you know wh- whenever the focus shifts from god and the holy spirit and miracles and the church as a whole wherever it may be and loving your community and you know like whenever that focus isn't there it's like there's something wrong here mm-hmm. when you're more concerned about what your what your local pastor thinks of you than what god thinks of you there's a problem there mm-hmm. you're idolizing your pastor um and honestly like we as humans can't actually sustain that level of idolatry, which is why you mm-hmm. see all of these pastors who have been built up, who have this loyal following of people who idolize them and care more about what they think of them than what God thinks of them. And you see these pastors falling because they're not God. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and so I, I just want to talk about that a little bit because I think it happens not just in the church, but, like, even in, like, I'm sure, Matt, like, I'm sure tons of people idolize you, you know? Uh, they, not to, like, put you on the spot or anything. Yeah, <laughs> but you like, hear that you know, word. You hear that yeah. word a lot. You hear idolize you hear a lot. Yeah. You're right. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm listening to you talk about this and, and frame it and outline it, and I'm, I'm thinking of the word pursuit. What are we mm. pursuing? Yeah. Um, mm. I love that. I think it's, it's, this is tough. I mean, this is, this is convicting for me. I think I'm, I'm thinking about pursuit, you know, and, and pursuit implies that there's a certain amount of time that you're putting your attention and energy and resources in, uh, it, it in pursuit of of something you're chasing something right it's like it's stolen your heart Mm -hmm. it's it has stolen your heart you've fallen in love with it and you have to have it you have to have this thing and how many of us can honestly say that that thing is god we have to have it like we have to have it or else we can't go on living you know, mm-hmm. we have to have this thing to to feel good and to get through our day and to get through our week and to elevate us. Um, I looked up, <clears throat> I Googled idol- uh, um, idolatry in the Bible and Colossians 3, verse 5, chapter 3, verse 5 in Colossians makes me realize that it's not, to your point, it's not this idea of idolizing gold and silver and, you know, a statue, you know, bi- you know, we build this statue and we're going to, you know, bow down and worship. Like yeah. as a kid, you're thinking like, oh, I would never do that. You know, well, well of course <laughs> you wouldn't. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's not what we do now. But guess what? Colossians 3, 5, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust evil desires and greed comma which is idolatry Mm -hmm. we don't think of idolatry to your point earlier once again tim you're 
hitting this out of the park. <laughs> um, we need to redefine what idolatry is. Because if, if we're defining idolatry as gold, silver, and a baby calf that we're bowing down and worshiping, we're all doing a pretty good job. I mean, I would actually argue... Uh, yeah, I've never done that. I would argue that none of us have have have, have built I'm pretty good, man. Have built a, right. a statue out of gold. All right, we're all clear here. But yeah. what if we what if we redefine it as let's take the gold and silver and make it uh, money, for example? Right. How much yep. are we checking? Money's a big one. How much are we checking our banking app? How much How much am I checking my crypto? I mean, guilty. <laughs> Guilty as charged. <laughs> um, I'm in pursuit of something, quite literally. Yeah. Like I'm pursuing this goal, and mm -hmm. then you and then you think, all right, let's let's jump to another square here category. What about sexual immorality, impurity, and lust? Right? We're pursuing this earthly desire, our earthly nature, and the Bible constantly challenges us to 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 look beyond that. Fight, fight, fight every day every minute, every hour, every second, you got to fight for this. And mm -hmm. that fight is worth it if you're in pursuit of something that is not your earthly nature, something spiritual, right. something to your point about Francis Chan, like that's a problem because Francis Chan is a human being and the Holy Spirit is not. And the Holy mm -hmm. Spirit is going to be our compass and speak to us so that we know which is the right way to go. When we are in pursuit of something that's within our earthly nature, it will let us down and it will destroy us. It's the mm -hmm. nature of how things work. Even if your idol or what you are in pursuit of is your spouse, Tim Keller used to talk about how if, if, you're, if your savior is your spouse, then when they pass away, if they do before you, your savior, your idol is in a casket and you can no longer be saved by it. Mm -hmm. And we all know this is true about porn. We all know this is true about greed and envy. It doesn't give us a long-term, any long-term satisfaction. It's right. short-term and it's a rush and it's idolatry in the sense that we we are in pursuit of something that will not give us what we really need mm -hmm. and we've elevated it way too high we've elevated right. it above the one thing that will <laughs> mm -hmm. actually yeah this is an extremely difficult topic to talk about because when you when you redefine idolatry you get to the heart of what it actually is and what it is is something that we are all guilty of. I challenge anyone that is listening to this to throw the first stone. Um, yeah, if, right. if you feel like you're in the clear here after we've redefined, or I shouldn't even say redefined, clearly defined based on the biblical definition of what idolatry is. Mm -hmm. It's, it's weird. So I was thinking about this actually, even before we decided on this topic, like it's weird to me and this has happened to me in a few instances where I'll be talking to someone and they'll thank me and I'll, I, I've asked them like, for what, like, what are you thanking me for? And they're like, just, you know, for treating me like a, like a person, like for seeing me, for talking to me. Right. I'm like, wait, you're think you're thanking me for treating you like you deserve to be treated. Right. 
as a person and equal to me, mm-hmm. <laughs> which you are, mm-hmm. and 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 taking time, which is apparently really valuable. My time is valuable. Uh, to talk to you, like, and and I appreciate it. Like, I'm like, of course, like, yeah. thanks for thanking me. Yeah, uh, you know, but but like the root of that. You know, and I've seen like very little fame, but the fame that I have seen, this has constantly happened. And I'm sure it's happened to you as well, Matt, where you treat someone like a human being and they're like, wow, thank you. Hmm. You're like a really nice guy. It's like, no, I'm just, I'm just a person, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's happened a lot now with Holy Ghost Notes where, you know, I'll just have a conversation with someone because I like talking to people. Mm-hmm. I appreciate human interaction. I'm not any better than them. I've struggled with a lot of the things that I'm talking to them about. Mm-hmm. So um, so when that comes to me and they're like, thank you for treating me like, like somebody, mm-hmm. you know, it always takes me off guard. And, and I think that is also like the root of this culture. It's so rooted in celebrity culture, mm-hmm. you know, when we're so, we, we take it like it's nothing when this famous person just, you know, signs the autograph and then goes away, mm-hmm. doesn't care to to get to know you or, or spend any time with you or you know whatever and that's why like we really appreciate the celebrities who actually like spend time with their fans or have a conversation with them because mm-hmm. it means so much for some reason yeah because yeah. we idolize those people right right um and so like i see this in the church and and it and it disgusts me mm-hmm. you know it's not, it's not wrong to sign an autograph. I'm not going to be the person who, if someone asks me for an autograph, I'm going to say, no, man, you don't, like, I don't, I'm not the type of person that should be giving you an autograph. Like, I'll be like, yeah, of course, I'll give you my autograph, but let's, let's have a conversation. Like, mm-hmm. what, you know, can I have your autograph? Like, mm-hmm. well, what do you do? What is it that you do? Like, what, mm-hmm. you know, like that should be how we operate, how we act. Right. You know, it, it shouldn't be. Uh, putting one person above another. It's okay to appreciate each other's skills and, you know. Um, but but ultimately, you actually hit the nail on the head for where I wanted to end up with this, and I'm probably going to be drilling this in at the end of every episode, is that even this idea of idolatry and, and the Bible saying, you know, these are acts of idolatry, don't do it. <laughs> it's, not to, it's not to be taken and uh, now you're criticizing everything you do and every every you know, thought that you think it's, it's literally just to enhance your life. Mm -hmm. When you're focused on the thing that is going to actually bring fulfillment, you're going to be fulfilled. God is the only thing that does that. So anything that comes before God is just going to let you down Mm -hmm. at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, you can't take your money with you. That's like something we always hear, but it's so true. Like you can't take these things with you. Yeah. You know, at some point you're going to put that person, that celebrity in a casket Mm -hmm. and, uh, they're going to be gone. Yeah. You know? Um, so, so everything that we're seeing here, all of these instructions that God's giving us is, is not to just make it harder for us to live life. It's actually to enhance our lives. For our benefit. Yeah. That's for our benefit. That's 100% true. Because he loves us. That's Mm -hmm. (laughs) right. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, that was, that's, that's a very good point. And this is a very good topic and something uh, we should continue to chew on. Um, yeah. If if you would like to, as a listener, continue to have this conversation, you're welcome to sign up for our inner circle. Uh, we pre-record right. about a 10-minute segment before every episode. We just did before this one. And um, 
and this is a great community. If, if you're looking to further the conversation, you can um, be a part of it and support this podcast in the meantime. Do we have any yep. new names to announce for the Inner Circle? We do. All yes, right. we do. Um, welcome to Scott Tyson, and thank you for your support. Uh, looking forward to getting to know you in the Inner Circle. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. So if you're interested, that's patreon.com slash holyghostnotes. Like Matt said, there's some... Uh, cool stuff involved at different tier levels, um, including yeah. at the third, fourth tier level. I forget which one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can actually get access to Matt's uh, lessons, mattgrinderlessons.com. Wow, yeah. And uh, we're actually going to be doing a drummer <laughs> hangout tonight, I yes, think. Yes, we are. I think, uh, and just I'm a the, the couple hours. special guest, right? Tim Anderson's the special <laughs> guest. Uh, by the time you hear this episode, it will be long gone, but we pull... Yeah, um, too late. Pull, Pull clips from the archives, so you'll be able to hear it on the site under Industry Insights. Um, But this is a great episode. We got to run. Thank you for your support, Inner Circle, and all those that are listening. Hope you enjoyed at least one of the two topics covered today. And if Mm -hmm. not, um, you know what? Thanks at least for just giving us a shot. We really appreciate it. And uh, if you you did like the episode, go over to um, Apple Podcasts and give us a review. It does help out our success Mm -hmm. here as a podcast. That's right. That's right. And, uh, yeah, check us out. If you have more to add to the conversation, um, don't want to join the inner circle, feel free to shoot us a message, Matt and Tim at theholyghostnotes.com, or uh, check us out on Instagram, Facebook. Feel free to DM. And, yeah, guys, just be vigilant, you know? This idolatry topic, I'm sure, hits home with a lot of you because you might recognize things in, in your own churches uh, or mm-hmm. in your own life that you're, you're finding fault with and... Um, I do believe, regardless of our, our, actually, because of our love for the church, <laughs> for for God's people, I think um, we need to be uh, be able to recognize these these things and call them out mm-hmm. um, when the time is right. So that's right. Yeah. Amen. Love you all. Love you all, and we'll uh, we'll we'll see you next time. Sounds good. You know what time it is. <laughs> Tell me what time it is. Peace. Yes, yes.